Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. From The Recount, I'm Rena Ninen, and you're listening to The Recount Daily Pod. Today's Thursday, July 15th, coming up later in the show. America doesn't work if moms don't work, period. We could shut this country down. That was Reshma Sajani, founder of Girls Who Code and Marshall Plan for Moms, a campaign to address systemic inequalities exacerbated during COVID. We'll get into that later in the show, but first, your morning headlines. Democrats are close to a budget deal. Senator Chuck Schumer announced a $3.5 trillion human infrastructure plan that would dramatically expand the reach of Medicare and education. The plan's expected to include child care payments and universal pre-K and college tuition. One trillion of the money would be spent on physical infrastructure, including repairs to roads and water systems and the expansion of broadband access. Democrats plan to pay for the bill by increasing taxes on the wealthy, corporations, and through IRS enforcement. The bill would not need any GOP members to sign on to pass, but every vote on the Democratic side would be essential. One of the key swing voters, Senator Joe Manchin, who hails from coal-producing West Virginia, is already looking iffy and said he was very, very disturbed by some of the proposals in the bill, specifically those related to climate change. And speaking of climate change, the European Union unveiled its plan to fight climate change on Wednesday. The new goal would cut emissions by over 50 percent in 10 years while phasing out gas and diesel powered cars, ending those car sales altogether by 2035. How does it compare to the U.S.? The Biden administration plans to cut greenhouse gases 50 percent by 2030 and create a carbon free power system by 2035. Critics say the plan is overly ambitious. We are experiencing an epidemic within a pandemic. More people than ever died of drug overdoses in the U.S. in 2020, according to data released from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. A record 93,000 deaths were recorded last year, a nearly 30 percent increase from 2019. 
If you have children, extra cash may be landing into your bank account starting today, provided you make less than $95,000 as a single taxpayer or $170,000 for joint filers. It's part of the American Rescue Plan passed by Democrats back in March. The plan gives working families up to $300 a month for every child under six and up to $250 a month for each child between the ages of six to 17. The high cost of childcare has gotten a lot of focus during the pandemic. How do you help women who work and have kids? Reshma Sajani is pushing for a Marshall Plan for Moms. She's also the CEO of Girls Who Code and author of the forthcoming book, Pay Up, Reimagining Motherhood in America. We dig into that in today's Daily Deep Dive. Reshma, welcome. Thank you for having me. So tell me, what is the Marshall Plan for Moms? So the Marshall Plan for Moms is a 360 plan to get mothers back to work. As you know, over the past year and a half, moms have been devastated. Over 2.4 million of us have left the workforce and not out of choice because we were pushed out. And the reason that happened is for two main reasons. One, when schools closed, there was no affordable structure of care. And so moms were forced to take the third shift, leave their job, move in with their car, go on food stamps, move in their parents' house, because they didn't have childcare. The second thing is so many women found themselves in jobs that weren't pandemic proof, like retail, healthcare, education. And so what we need to make sure that we, you know, shorten the economic recovery for mothers is a 360 plan, a Marshall plan for moms to get us back to work. So tell me a little bit, what is in your plan, the Marshall Plan for Moms? Probably like a lot of mothers. I started last year, uh, two small kids, a newborn baby and a a five-year-old. And on March 13th, I had to cancel my maternity leave, go back to work and save my nonprofit, right, from from havoc. I had to homeschool my five-year-old and I had to take care of this newborn baby. And every night I was just, I would just end just like done right? And every mom I knew looked exactly how I felt. And still does, by the way. And still does, right? We <laughs> yes. haven't gotten the reprieve. So like, I think for a lot of us in those early months, we're like, well, when the schools open, when the schools open, we'll get a minute to breathe. And then the schools never opened. And a bunch of male legislators came up with this idea of hybrid schooling where a default caretaker, a mother, would have to log in her child at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, or 12 o'clock. And the thing that frightened me, and I think so many moms, is like, wow, like you didn't even ask us. When they calculated the HVAC equipment, when they calculated how they were gonna keep teachers safe, they never calculated our economic loss or the loss of our mental health. And so when I kind of put my head up and we saw those job reports coming out in December of 2020 where all the jobs lost for women, where our economic participation was back where it was in 1989, even though we started COVID-19 being 51% of the labor force. I realized you can't lose that many jobs that quickly without a plan on how we're gonna go get them back. And when I looked up, nobody had a plan. There was no plan. And so I wrote the Marshall Plan for Moms as an op-ed, honestly out of anger for not feeling seen because I think so many moms today don't feel seen. And that plan included you know, a conversation with a lot of the moms in my PTA saying, well, what do we need? And the first thing when I talked to moms that they needed was cash, right? They needed cash to pay the mortgage, put food on the table, figure out their school situation. And so that form of cash was basic income payments for mothers, which has now come in the form of the childcare tax credit, which we'll talk about in a little bit. 
The second part of the plan was having unpaid leave, right, and passing affordable childcare. We are, the United States is one of the few nations that doesn't offer paid leave. Most moms go back to work two weeks after having a child. And if you think about it, if we did have paid leave in March, April, May, and June, we wouldn't have lost so many of our countrymen. Hmm. And having a society that offers that paid leave is critical. We also don't live in a society where childcare is affordable. You know, my parents came here as refugees, and my dad and mom couldn't afford the $50 a week for, for childcare, and so I was a latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. And so when the schools closed and daycare centers were shut and you couldn't bring your abuela or your grandparents into your home, moms had no choice but to, like, get out of the workforce or shorten their recovery or go on the night shift because childcare isn't affordable. It isn't affordable. And what's devastating is when you break down, you look at the numbers, the number of women in the workforce is now at a 33-year low. It, that's just incredible. You take out this ad in the New York Times, signed by these amazing women, addressed to Joe Biden, to mm-hmm. President Biden, asking for a Marshall Plan for women. How did the White House respond? The ad hit a nerve. I think my inbox was in a day with mom saying, thank you, like somebody <laughs> yeah. said something. It's about time. And I think in many ways it shifted the conversation for the White House. You started hearing them talk about women in COVID and the economic recovery. You heard them start saying the word mothers. And the president, you know, to his credit, because I do think that President Biden and Vice Kamala Harris, they understand this issue. They feel this issue deeply in their hearts. I think that the plan that he's put forth, the recovery plan, is a bold statement. The human infrastructure is a bold statement on fundamentally restructuring care in this country. I've been pleased, you know, with the response. I still think that we have to keep our eye on the ball. I'm nervous about the negotiations, but I think that we have to keep, moms have to keep our eye on the ball. Who on Capitol Hill wants to really help women get back into the workforce? Well, when we put out the ad, you know, one of the first phone calls I got was from Congressman Grace Mang's office saying, what can I do? And she drafted a resolution and proposed a Marshall Plan for Moms. Following suit, Senator Klobuchar and Senator Tammy Duckworth also wrote a bill for a Marshall Plan for Moms. The LA City Council wrote a bill for the Marshall Plan for Moms. Corey Johnson, the Speaker of the New York City Council, wrote a bill for the Marshall Plan for Moms. There is a a call out there from mothers saying, see us, we need a plan. We need a plan to center moms in the economic Mm -hmm. recovery. How do you not get depressed though? I mean, when you look at it, it could take decades to get women back to over 50% of the labor market participation. How do you not get down? It's such a huge hill you have to climb right now. Oh, I didn't didn't say I wasn't depressed. I'm just pissed (laughs) more than depressed. I'm skeptical. It's a bipartisan issue. This is happening to moms on the right and the left, right? And women of color are just getting crushed, you know, at four times the rate of white women. And so this is not something that we should be debating. This should be a no-brainer. And the fact that schools are still not open, moms are still not at work, shortage of childcare workers, I mean, not much has shifted. And even when we hear companies talk about, well, everybody's gotta come, I've had my last Zoom meeting, everybody's gotta come back to work. I'm like, really? So it's like, they're not even thinking about us. And this has made me really realize this, you know what, they're not scared enough of us. And we literally need to create a new political structure that combines our voices on the right and the left, you know, to basically take our case to legislators, to businesses, to our homes, everywhere. We got to get mad, real mad. And America doesn't work if moms don't work, period. 
we could shut this country down in a day. And we may need to. We may need to. I don't know about you, but I was so irritated on Mother's Day. I mean, the amount of ads I got, like, you're a superhero. You're a super mom. Thank you. I was like, here's my middle finger, right? Like, this was not the message. It's almost like you really don't see what's happened to us. You really don't recognize the sacrifices, the dreams, the mental health crisis. You don't see it. And so it's not just legislation. It's this entire national reckoning that we have to have a motherhood. When I talk to women in India, when I talk to women in the Philippines, when I talk to women in Europe, they feel sorry mm. for us. The United States ranks at the bottom. What do they say to you leave. about how sorry they feel? They say that in America, you don't need a social safety net because you have mothers. Every woman I know who comes from another country on a visa and starts working is appalled mm -hmm. at the lack of benefits, at the lack of support. And again, I think that's, and I've been thinking and writing a lot about this, but it's fundamentally about like the way the American family unit, you're on your own and you deal with your own stuff. You don't have a village. And we just weren't meant to raise children and have families in this way. And so there's been this real reluctance of the state and the private sector to get involved in the family. And what's happened over the past year is that they've had to, right? And now everybody wants to be like, okay, yeah. it's over. Let's go back to how the way it was before. We can't. And it's like, no, 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 it wasn't working. We can't. We can't. We just can't. Well, it's time to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Reshma Sajani on the Recount Daily Pod. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. Right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela Yee is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yimby's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that! Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 1067 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B. Welcome back to The Recount Daily Pod, a podcast with The Recount and iHeartRadio. We're here with Girls Who Code founder and CEO, Reshma Sajani. So tell me, Reshma, where does the plan stand right now? You know, we are launching essentially a two-year campaign to shorten the economic recovery for mothers. We are really working hard to make sure the child care tax credit, you know, is something that becomes permanent. And so we're working with allies on that piece. We are mobilizing kind of this populist movement of moms. So when the moment comes and these bills don't get passed on childcare, unpaid leave, we're prepared and ready to fight. We're engaging in the conversation around hybrid work, which I'm very excited about. We're gonna be releasing a report that we've done where we've interviewed dozens of experts and most importantly, thousands of moms to say, what do you want your workplace to look like? What do you need to succeed and thrive? So there's an impending fight coming between employers and employees. And we're going to actually give moms a playbook so that they can start organizing their workplaces. In my three decades of working, no one has ever asked, as a mom, what do you need? How can I help? Mm -hmm. It's almost like I've had to hide my children in secrecy while working and don't talk about them, don't mention them. They don't want to hear it. 
How do you get corporate America to start supporting this initiative? Listen, the thing that I've learned 10 years after running Girls Who Code, and I learned it the hard way, was that they are capitalist companies. They're not going to do the right thing because they should do the right thing. And so you have to figure out how to organize your power to push change. You know, to your point, right? I mean, I I would never put a picture of my kids on my desk. You still would wouldn't. I would never ask for a space to breastfeed in, right? I just go in the closet. Yeah. I, I know we never asked for anything. We, we apologized if we had to like leave a conference call early and go take care of our children. And it's nuts because the society doesn't function without the, building the next generation. And so we get a second chance. And I do think they're terrified of us. They need us. We're the majority of the labor force. And so that means, you know, for as long as we have been entering the workforce in droves, you know, we've been basically been forced to do two jobs at 100%. We do 80% of the domestic labor at home. And we basically crush ourselves at work. And that's why nothing's changed. That's why the numbers haven't changed. Aha! Because we don't have gender justice at home. And we don't have any structural support, you know, whether it's affordable childcare, whether it's paid leave, whether it's, you know, Norway, you get babies and diapers the minute that you have a kid. Do you know that you lose 40% of your income if you take one year off of work? Wow, is that right? 40% of your income. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, Rachel, the one thing under this pandemic, I was always probably much like you on the go, never at home, took the train at 7 a.m. to New York, back by 8 p.m. Now I won't book any Zooms from 3 to 6 p.m. because I, as soon as the kids walk in the door, I'm around. I've got to start prepping dinner. I, you know, these are things I do enjoy doing in time that I never thought I'd get with them. But I also want a career. And why should I have to choose between one or the other? I cannot agree with you more. We have to change society to work on our terms and not bend and make ourselves fit in the mold that has been created about what it means to be successful. The fact that like the structure is also created to disincentivize men to provide that support. 70% of American dads take less than 10 days of parental leave. Before kids was 50-50. And then all of a sudden we had kids and because all of society and structure was being like, oh, why are you taking three months off? Why are you helping? What are you doing? Oh, you're not a man. That's so true. You know, if we don't give men paternity leave at the beginning, how do we expect them suddenly to flip a switch and say, okay, we're going to change the script here and, and start pitching in? I, I want to ask you, though, Secretary of State George Marshall's Marshall Plan, the Marshall Plan was really probably one of the greatest significant U.S foreign policy successes. How will you know that the Marshall Plan for getting moms back into the workforce is a success? So one, I think we'll know by how short the economic recovery is. You know, when the recession happened under Obama, it took eight years for people to get back. And they would argue we just didn't do enough. And I think at this rate, if we do nothing, this is going to take decades. And the other thing is we know what moms need to go back to work. There's all these conversations, a lot of moms, I think one out of three white collar workers, women, are saying that they're not going to go back to work. And this conversation of all of you immediately report to the office for five days a week is not helping. We have to recognize and talk to our employees that our moms say, what do you need? What do you need to feel like you can actually thrive and you can maintain that relationship and that you have with your children and succeed at work? And so we, we have to build it. We have to build it back differently. What does the political power of mothers look like? Back in the day, I had organized South Asians for Carrie. And throughout the years, I've seen the South Asian, our South Asian political identity build. But we can basically, from the time I created that organization to now, I can track how many of us are voting. How many of us are in elected office? 
What's it? What's how did our voice? How did policymakers bend their choices because of our voice? And I think that we can do the same thing for moms, right? I think that it is time for that identity to come together because I do, you know, even, and as, again, as I've been nerding out about this, I have a book coming out. You do. It's called Pay Up, Reimagining Motherhood in America. Tell me a little bit about it. It's part of this awakening that I've had about you'll never get gender justice in the workplace unless you have gender justice at home. Mm. What is our identity? And, you know, what does a nation that centers motherhood look like? I'm writing and on that journey right now and really been in thinking a lot about it, but I do feel like we have to own our identity as mothers and we shouldn't have to choose between our children and work. And if we want to stay home with our kids and raise them for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, more power to you. Because the other thing in the feminist movement, we have not included our stay-at-home moms. We haven't included women who've made other choices other than being a girl boss Mm -hmm. or leaning in. That should not be the only way that I am worthy of being a feminist. So we have to have a very, 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 very different conversation. I was, look, I was so, and part of the reason I wrote this book, I was so shocked when I launched the Marshall Plan for Moms, how much crap I got from women on the right, that I expected. But from women on the left, I didn't expect Wow, really? What'd they say? I mean, why isn't Marshall Plan for Parents? What about the dads? I'm like, what about them, right? Before you go, Reshma, for anyone listening, male or female, if they want to support your cause, what can they do at a local level? Go to marshallplanformoms.com, sign our petition, sign up to be one of our campaigns, and make your voice really loud. Tap into that anger. Tap into that rage. The only way we go from rage to hope is if you feel that you accept that you are being wronged, that you're not crazy, that we are not seen in this moment, and that we deserve more. Reshma Sajani, the CEO of Girls Who Code and heading up the founder of the Marshall Plan for Moms. Reshma, come on the Recount Daily Pod anytime you want. You are a welcome guest. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, friend. Thanks for having me. And now to our look ahead. Here's what else we're watching today. German Chancellor Angela Merkel is in Washington meeting with President Biden. They're expected to discuss strengthening their relationship, the coronavirus and climate change. This is likely Merkel's last major trip abroad as chancellor. Time to hit the greens. The 149th British Open golf tournament begins today in the UK after being canceled last year due to the pandemic. The last time the tournament was canceled, World War II. According to sports book betting, Rory McIlroy has the highest odds of winning. And this weekend marks one year since the passing of civil rights icon and congressman John Lewis. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is leading a congressional delegation to San Diego for the christening of the USNS John Lewis. That's a ship that will transfer fuel to the Navy's operations at sea. Before you go, we'll leave you with advice from John Lewis. We need to find a way to get in good trouble, necessary trouble, if we're going to save America. This is the Recount Daily Pod, a podcast from Recount and iHeartRadio. Our thanks to Reshma Sajani for being on our show. And if you like this podcast, we hope you'll subscribe to the Recount Daily Pod and leave us a rating on the Apple Podcast app. I'm your host, Rena Nainan. Alexis Ramdow and Corey Wara engineered and produced this podcast. Ariella Martin also produced. Fonda Mwangi did the research. And our executive producer is Laura Beatty.
Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app.